Psalms 121, beginning with the first verse. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day or harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Can you say amen? Let's pray. Father, I come before you and I ask you to bless your word, Father. Bless your word and help me to deliver what you want me to say as clearly, as accurately as I can. But with the help of the Holy Ghost, because without you, I can't do nothing. Lord, let everybody here be open to listen to the voice behind the voice. To what the Spirit of the Lord will say to Victor Arich, heart of the bay. That none of us would leave her the same. We ask it in Jesus' name and everybody who believes said, Amen. Tonight I want to minister on the topic, hold on, help is on the way. Hold on. Somebody say, hold on. Help is on the way. That's right. Come on, somebody. See, here in Psalms 121, this is known as a blessing given to someone embarking on a dangerous journey. Whether it's a soldier going on a campaign of war or just simply a pilgrim or average individual who's just coming home from worshiping in the temple of God or just somebody going about their usual business and they're traveling somewhere or they're going somewhere unfamiliar. How many know that the Bible does say, as Christians, there are times that God's going to take you down an unfamiliar path, a place you've never been to in your walk with God? But this is where this soldier's psalm comes into play. See, when it says, I lift my eyes to the hills, I've often wondered what were they really talking about. When I did some research, I found out that what they're talking about is somebody looking anxiously at the wooded hills. In other words, they're embarking on a journey, and there are many hills there in Israel, and some of the hills were really like forests or a lot of trees. There were wooded areas. So there'd be a path, but there'd be unseen dangers. There could be wild animals or robbers that would try to jump on them and rob them or do whatever. So when they would embark on this journey into the wooded hills, they would say, I lift up my eyes to those hills, but where does my help come from? Where does my help come from as I embark on this journey, as I embark to go to these hills that I've never been through, they look intimidating, they look even scary, because they could be a grizzly bear or be some robber that wants to kidnap me or do whatever and take my possessions and possibly even kill me. But you know what? I'm on this God-given journey, so I am not going to fear, but I'm going to look to him who will help me get through the journey to the other side. God will protect us on our journey. That's where the speaker here in Psalms declares that he says, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In other words, God is not confined to space or time. 
I look to him, the maker of heaven and earth. God doesn't operate in the same type of space or time as you and I operate in. He's in a whole different realm by himself. But he lets us know because he is in that realm that we can depend upon him to protect us. He is our protector. Now, it doesn't, now listen to me. It doesn't always necessarily mean physical protection, but it means spiritual protection. As long as you and I continue to belong to God, our spirit is his. Our soul belongs to him. The devil may try to attack your body, cut your body, make your body sick, but Satan cannot have, does not have any access to our soul or to our spirit. That belongs to God. That is God's domain. And God says, I got you covered. I'm protecting the real you inside this house of carne asada, and that is the spirit man, the spirit woman inside of you. I got you covered. Woo, come on, somebody. Does that make sense here tonight? And also, Psalms 121, verse 2, that every step is guarded. In Psalms 3 and 4, we see that. Every step is guarded. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over Israel don't fall asleep and take a snooze like we do. But he's on the case. He's always alert. He's always has his watchful eye over you. To watch over you, can somebody say amen? Every step we take is guarded by the eyes of God. Woo, come on, somebody. And you see, he will continue his care over us from this time forth, from now and forevermore. It is protection for life, which is never out of date. He will also be our guide even unto death. Our God, our God will be our guide even unto death. All the way to whenever that day may be, that it may be our last breath of life. And the Lord says it's time to come home. Many of us don't like thinking about that too much. But you know that's reality. I said that's reality. That there is going to come a time. That that one last breath. Will be taken and exhaled. And then our spirit will depart to be with the Lord. That's reality. See even Paul the apostle knew. He said, man, it's hard for me to choose which. If I die, I go to a better place. But if I continue to stay alive, there's more time for effectual service and to do what God has called me to do. He says, listen, I want to go to heaven, but I also want to finish what God has called me to finish here on earth. Can somebody say amen? We have a God-given, God-anointing, Jesus-commissioned task to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why everybody who is Holy Ghost-filled, angel-sought, blood-bought, and whoo, Shondo in a bag of chips. Oh, come on, come on. Bible-thumping, oh, sin-casting out, demon-kicking out of the house. Christian man and woman of God needs to continue to keep their eyes on Jesus. Lift your eyes up unto God and continue to fight the a good fight of faith and finish the course run the race continue the task that God has called you to give you because there ain't no quitting in Christianity there ain't no giving up there ain't no quitting in baseball there ain't no quitting God in Christianity my friend that's why if you ever see the armor of God in Ephesians 6, all the armor covers the front. There ain't no armor that covers the back. Why? Because God never intended his children to turn their back on him. 
It's all in the front because God intends us no matter what life throws at us, no matter what happens, we are to go forward. Can somebody say amen? Ain't no throwing in the towel. I've heard it said when you throw in the towel, you know what God does? He picks up the towel and he throws it back at you. Woo! Come on, somebody. This is why this prayer is important because it's telling us that even unto death he will guide us. You know what that also means? As I learned a long time ago, God guiding us unto death, even when the day comes when our body separates and when our spirit separates from our body, he sends an angel to guide us into the gates of heaven. Because I know about you, but when you die, GPA say going to work. Because you know where heaven's at? Who knows where heaven's at? Oh, it's, it's by, just, just go to Pluto, make a left, then pass by the Andromeda galaxy and into that black hole, and then you find heaven. Doesn't work like that. We don't know where it's at. And that's why somebody said that when our spirit departs from the body, it ain't going to be just floating, man. There's an angel already assigned. It says, okay, this way, right into the kingdom. Here we are. Woo, come on, somebody. See, God guts us cover from the day we're born to the day we pass. We are in God's hands. That's why this soldier psalm is a psalm of blessing that you and I are on a journey. We are all on a journey in this life, but we are not alone. Listen, my friend, when you feel like your hopes and dreams and goals have been shot down, you're surrounded, the enemy is closing in, what would you do? What should you do? Should you surrender? Should you switch sides or commit suicide? No, my friend, none of the above. I got good news for you, my friend. When you feel your hopes, your dreams, and goals have been shot down, there's only one thing to do. The good news is today you got to look up. I said you got to look up. I will lift my eyes unto the hills and to the one who made those hills and who will guide me all the way to the end of my journey. Today, I got news for you. Look up, for help is on the way. I said, look up, for help is on the way. See, it's all about where we look when troubles come. We need to look up. Woo! See, you can tell a lot about a person by where he looks for help in times of trouble. Right? You can tell a lot about somebody where they look in their time of trouble. You can tell if they have faith in God or they even have a relationship with God, though they trust God enough to trust him. We got biblical examples, my friend. When Moses was cornered at the Red Sea, he did not call for the army. He called on God. When Joshua went up the city of Jericho, he did not use bombs. He called on God. When the Hebrew guys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were facing a fiery death, they did not call the fire department. They called on God. When Daniel was about to become the main course in the lion's den, he did not call animal control. He called on God. When Esther was faced with seeing her people destroyed because of prejudice, she did not call the ACLU. She called on God. Oh, come on, somebody. When Nehemiah saw the city of Jerusalem destroyed and in ruins, he did not called the city planner. He called on God. Woo, come on, somebody. When Peter started to sink after walking on the water, he did not call the Coast Guard. He called on God. 
And when my soul was lost, sinking in sin, when I was dying and headed on a grease boat of hell, I did not look to Capitol Hill. I thank God I looked to Calvary's Hill. See, when you're in trouble, number one, don't look around you. When you're in trouble, don't look around you. At your fellow peers are trying to find somebody to help you in your troubles. Now, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not okay to go to people for advice. Yes, that's good too. But number one, we must look up, go to God first. In 33 years, I was taught being a member of the men's home back in 1984. When I was in the home, I was taught when you got a trouble, don't be trying to get the answer from your fellow brother in arms in the home, but you need to learn how to get on your knees and chew up that carpet and trust in God and call on God. Can somebody say amen? You got to trust in God. You got to look to God for the answer. You got to trust God for your breakthrough. You got to call upon him while he's there. Ooh, come on, somebody. Don't be looking at peers or, or even society says, you know, we got pills for whatever ails you. I said, we got a pill for your anxiety. We got a pill for your depression. We got a pill for your maniac tendencies. We got a pill when you're down and out. Just pop this pill and you'll be right as rain. Listen, my friend, you don't need medical pills. You need the gospel. I said the gospel. This is our manual for how to live. This has the answer for what is ailing you or bothering you or messing with you. Can somebody say amen? You just got to open up this prescription from our heavenly father and take a dose of the gospel. I said, take a dose of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take a dose of Psalms, Proverbs. Take a dose of the book of Revelation. Take a dose of First and Second Peter, First and Second John. Come on, somebody. You need to open up and read the narratives of the gospel of Jesus Christ and take a dose of the gospel. Woo, come on, somebody. Don't look around you. Secondly, don't look beneath you. What I mean by that is I know we're in a warfare. I know the devil comes to discourage, distract, and tempt. Yes, he hits Christians. Yes, the strategy of the enemy in these days, which has been prophesied by Pastor David Wilkerson way back in the 90s, has been happening today. The devil has changed his strategy. The devil is not necessarily looking for all the foot soldiers to hit. He's hitting the leadership. I said he's hitting the leadership. It's true in war, even in the Iraqi war, when they would send their troops, they didn't go through all the other wannabe soldier guys with their little AKs. They went after the Imperial Guard. They went after Hussein. They went after the top leadership. Because once you strike out and once you do away and once you dethrone the top leadership, then everyone else doesn't know what to do. They're like, oh, what do we do now? The enemy has the same strategy. Let's hit the top leadership. Let's strike the pastor, the pastor's wife, the leaders. Let's hit him with sickness. Let's hit him with discouragement. Let's strike their marriages. Let's hit their children. Come on, somebody. Let's hit them with financial hardship. See, the enemy, his strategy in these last days is hitting the leadership. And after he strikes the leadership, then he finishes off anybody else he can in the body of Christ. And usually when he hits the leadership, he don't have to do much. Everybody scatters. 
Some may scatter to another church, hopefully, or some scatter back into the world. See, the enemy has a strategy. But listen, when he comes in, blaming the devil ain't going to help you. Oh, come on, somebody. We tend to blame the devil a lot. Yeah, we know he hits. Yeah, he comes in like a roaring lion. But blaming the devil for what you're going through is not going to solve the problem. What will solve the problem is what you do after he hits you. Once you got hit, what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You look up. You look up. You look up for where your help comes. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our help comes from the one that time and space does not impact them or affect them. Our help comes from the one who's able to do the impossible. What is impossible with man is possible with God. See, our help must come from looking above to God, to Jesus Christ, to the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo, come on, somebody. Can somebody say amen? Thirdly, don't look within you. Don't look within you. Humanists say, humanists say, man has the answer to all his own problems. According to the Apostle Paul to the Bible, we can't even trust ourselves in times of trouble. The Apostle Paul says, I place no confidence in the flesh. You know what the world says, right? The world says, God helps those who help themselves. No, they don't. Uh-uh. Listen, listen. God helps those who help themselves. Now, that sounds very spiritual, don't it? Right? It sounds, well, that does sound like something God would do. See, that's how slick the enemy is. He's into twisting scripture and perverting it. <coughs> because it's pointing it back to you. I got to help. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a chain smoker. I'm a midnight toker. I, 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 I got I to help myself to get out of this. You can't. When I was a cocaine and an alcoholic, when I was addicted to those things, I tried to help myself. Oh, I quit cocaine for one month. But when you quit one drug, you only turn to other drugs to fill the void of that drug. Right? Am I right? Woo! Come on, somebody. You want to go to a psychiatrist, you go to all this help that is available to you, man, but the problem is more of a spiritual problem. And you see, my friend, I tried to help myself. But you see, it's not about God helps those who help themselves. God helps those who depend on him. See, that's why God created Victory Outreach. I thank God for Victory Outreach. I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for this ministry, my friend. But God brought the right ministry for such the right timing, for such a time as this, in order to reach those that cannot help themselves. The only thing we can help ourselves to is a born-again relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we needed. We need to depend upon God to get totally delivered and set free from the power of substance abuse. And guess what? Victory Outreach, we've been doing there was almost 50 years now, right? We're almost heading 50 years, and God is still doing it. The same, it still works. I said it still works today. The same anointing, the same power, the same unction of the Spirit of God that's able to set the captives free. Hallelujah. 
The power of God ain't changed. It's the same yesterday, today, and it'll be the same tomorrow and forever. That's why for anybody that has a substance abuse problem, you have a mind problem, you have a lust problem, you have an anger problem, whatever problem you got, all you got to do tonight and every day is look up. Come on, somebody. Look up for help is on the way. Our help comes from God. Our help comes from God. So don't look within you and don't look behind you. Don't look behind you. A lot of us, we do all these things. We look around us. We look beneath us. We look within us. We look behind us. Reliving the past and its failures will only depress you. Oh, come on, somebody. There are people that are such in bondage with their past. The things that happened to you, the things you've done, they're still haunting you. And that's why many of us, we struggle to be everything God is calling us and wanting us to be. Because we're too busy looking at the rear view mirrors of life. At what we did, of what I went through, of what happened to me. Instead of looking at the bigger windshield in front of us the bigger picture of what God has for us as we go forward on the journey in the encounter with God we need to look now listen I know it's okay every once in a great while to look back to see where God has brought us from there's nothing wrong with that looking back to where God brought you from in order to give him glory and give testimony can somebody say amen but it is not for us to keep looking back and stay there you're stuck in your past God is saying, why are you stuck in your past when I've set you free to go forward, to possess the future I have for you? I have a calling. I have a destiny. You have a sense of belonging. That's not who you were anymore. You're not that person. You're not that man. You're not that woman anymore. You are a new creation. The old things should be passed away and all things become new. You know what, man? Don't be focusing and concentrating on the mirror view, mirror view mirrors of life, but focus on the front windshield. Focus on the bigger picture I have for you. The calling upon your life. The anointing I'm about to place upon you that's going to break the yoke of bondage in other people's life that I'm going to use you to be able to go tell somebody what God did for you. God can do it for them. Come on, heart of the bay. See, it even says in Isaiah 43, verse 18, forget the former things. Forget about it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, here it is. See, Victor Arich, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way. God is doing a new thing. At the moment that 2016 kicked in, one minute after midnight, God says, I am doing a new thing, and Victor Arich, the heart of the bay. Come on, do you not perceive it? You know what the word perceive means? It means do you not sense it? Do you sense that God is doing something new? Oh, oh, yes, are there heartaches? Are there problems? Are there trials? Yes, those are always going to be there. But even in the midst of all those things, God is sovereign. God is powerful. God is able to take whatever the enemy does for evil. God has the power to turn it around and bring good out of it. Why? Because God is positioning you for a new thing that he's about to do. And Victor, Irish heart of the bay in the year 2016, what you've been praying for, what you've been seeking for, God says, 
says it's going to happen this year. I've opened those doors that no man can close. No man can close those doors that I'm about to open. Oh, you've been fighting those battles. You've had little strength, but it's all good. I honor the little strength, but I'm not going to let you stay in the little strength. I'm about to give you power. I'm about to give you such power. You can't look at the past no more. Don't look behind you. Look above you. Look up. Help is on the way. Now, how can we be sure when we look up, help is on the way? How can we be sure? Well, you know how we can be sure, Victor Outreach? You know how? How? Because the Bible says so. The Bible says so. I like this saying, if God said it, that settles it. Don't put a question mark where God put a period. The Bible says so. Here it is, Psalms 46.1. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Psalm 121.1. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. So Isaiah 41, verse 10. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. Ooh. Hebrews 13, 6, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. This is why we know that help is on the way, because the Bible says so. Not because I say so, but because he says so. The word says so. And God watches over his word, so as to perform it. As the rain comes down from heaven and nourishes the ground that it may produce its crop, so my word will perform what I sent it to do. It shall not return unto me empty. It shall not come back to me void. What I'm saying I'm going to do with your life in this church, in this ministry, I am about to do, saith God. Can somebody say amen? You just got to hold on. You got to hold on to your faith. You got to keep holding on. Hold on to my promises. Hold on to my word. Hold on to the very name that I am, who I am, who I represent. I am God. Woo. Secondly, how can we be sure when we look up, help us on the way, not only because the Bible says so, but because the promise of Scripture, the promises of God, as long as you and I stay in right standing, in right relationship, every promise in the word that God has intended for us personally as a group, my friend, God is going to perform. God is going to bring to pass. He did it for Pastor Sonny and Sister Julie. This is how we know that God fulfills his promises. This ministry we are in, the reason we're here tonight is because of a promise by evangelist Dick Mills that he gave to Pastor Sonny and Julie when they were just, they were down, they were discouraged. Oh, come on, you know the story. But God spoke to an evangelist, thus says the Lord, Isaiah 42. Come on, somebody. He gave us the promise unto Pastor Sonny and Julie, and they hung on to that promise. I said they hung 
hung on to that promise and did not let go. They persevered. They continued to plant and fight the good fight. They continued to preach the gospel. They continued to go through every trial and, and, and victorious every, over every temptation. You see, my friend, we have great examples of a fact of a man and woman of God that when you believe the promises of God, they will come to pass. See, promises are given because there's problems in this life. Oh. You don't got no problems? If you don't got a problem, I'm going to sit down. You come up here and preach. You need to tell us how to have a problem-free life. Because my Bible tells me through many trials and tribulations, we are going to enter the kingdom of God. There's going to be trouble. See, when, when you accept Jesus Christ... Or when we tell somebody about Jesus, we should never lie to them. I tell them, once you give your life to Jesus, your life's going to be great. It's going to be Twinkies and gravy. There's going to be no more problems. Everything's going to be smooth sailing a silk road. Oh, it's going to be beautiful because you're going to finally be free. Now, the free part is accurate, but not free from trials and problems. See, God allows that, and he allows it for certain reasons. Because number one, proven faith. Before faith can be proven, it must first be tested. Before faith is genuine faith, it is a proven faith, a tested faith. And many times God allows these things in order to strengthen our faith, to strengthen our character, to grow us up in the things of God. In order to strengthen, yes, it's a mustard seed of faith, but even a mustard seed grows into the tallest, biggest plant in the field. So you may have a small faith now, and God honors small faith, but it says, yeah, that's enough to move a mountain, but I want to give you a bigger faith. I want your faith to grow. I want your faith to increase. Again, another example is when Pastor Sonny and Julie started this ministry with a mustard seed of faith. Look how this ministry has grown. I said, look how this ministry has grown. Women, you just came back from a convention. You saw for yourself how the ministry has grown. People from all over the world coming to one place. How in the world does that happen? Only by the power of God. And then you get them all to sit there for two, three hours. How does that happen? By the power of God. And they want to go arrest them, but they can't because they don't want to miss one golden nugget of the message. But I'm going to know I ain't going nowhere. No, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to get this whole thing. Come on, somebody. Because what they say could be for me. So I'm awake. Shondo and a bag of chips. The promises of Scripture. See, promises are given because there are problems in this life. And the promises of God are to be your anchor while you're going through things. Oh, come on. Did you hear that? I'm going to say it again. Listen, the problems that we go through, 
they're real. They're going to come. But the promises of God are to be our anchor while we're going through things. See, we anchor ourselves on the promise until God does the miracle on God until God gives you the breakthrough until God gets you through to the other side come on somebody then the mountain that was in front of you is now behind you and you can say hallelujah that mountain was right here but now it's behind me because God was able to do it God was able <laughs> oh Shando man that's what I'm talking about See, you need to be an anchor while you're going through things. See, God wants you to know, Victor R. Richard of the Bay, that some way, somehow, his promise for your situation will come to pass. So stay strong, child of God, and fight the good fight of faith. I said fight the good fight. Hold on, because help is on the way. Look up, my friend. Help is on the way. Don't look around you. Don't look within you. Don't look beneath you. Come on, somebody. Look up. For help is on the way. Again, doesn't make any difference what your situation may be. Because we're under attack. Come on, Christian. Christianity is under attack. We have an enemy that realizes he has very little time. He knows the coming of Jesus is getting soon. So he's stepping up his attacks. He's stepping up his tactics. He's stepping up his game to try to take as many believers as he can out of the box and destroy churches and ministries and leaders. He wants to steal your calling. He wants to steal your authority. He's after your authority. He's after your spiritual authority. That's why he wants to cause some Christian folks to fall, to fall in some besetting sin and to backslide and to stay hidden, strung out on that secret sin. Because when you're strung out on sin, you no longer walk in the authority and the power that God has given you. The enemy has succeeded. I've gotcha. Oh, my gosh. But is it over? No. God's grace he says, if you repent and turn back to me, I will forgive your sin. I will heal your land. I will heal your heart. I will restore unto you the joy of my salvation and even your calling. Hallelujah. After a little time that you rest and begin to build yourself back up, I'm going to use you greatly even the second time around. I'm going to use you greater. If you think what you did for me was awesome because I'm restoring you, you've repented. Now you're going to know not to let that lie devil to steal your authority again because I've given it to you. The next thing you're about to do is going to shake the world. It's going to shake the prince of darkness. It's going to rattle the gates of hell. There's hope in the Lord. It's hope in Jesus. Woohoo! Come on, somebody. I'm getting ready to close now. Get ready, beloved. Matter of fact, come on up, man. See, listen. You know where else we see the word hold on? We see it in the book of Revelation. He tells the church in Thyatira, well, thank you very much, and the church in Philadelphia. Now, the church in Thyatira was being hit with the Jezebel spirit. Man, they were getting hit. But you know what the church in, in Thyatira 
There were many believers that didn't give in to the Jezebel spirit. They stood true to their faith. They stood true to the word of God and didn't give up. And to those, he says, hold on to what you have until I come. Hold on to what you have. And then to the church in Philadelphia, he says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. See, in the midst of great trials and opposition, Jesus is encouraging these believers to cling to God's promises and persevere in faith. Listen, that's a message for us today as the churches are under attack. Listen, my friend, we don't have to give in to the enemy. I said we don't have to surrender to him. Come on, heart of the bay. We don't have to surrender and give in to the enemy. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And no weapon, come on, somebody help me. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. For this is the inheritance of the servants of God. With such promises like that, how could anybody give up and quit and give in to sin and forsake Jesus Christ and abandon him like the Hebrew Christians did in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36? When they were getting hit, they were getting persecuted, those born again Jews many abandoned the faith and went back to their religious Judaism beliefs and then the psalmist writes listen my friend oh do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded but you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God you will receive what he has promised for he who is coming will come and will not delay but until then my righteous ones shall live by faith Hold on to what you have. Hold on to what God has given you. Hold on to your ministry. Hold on to your calling. Hold on to your righteousness that is Christ given. Come on, somebody. Hold on. For help is on the way. You know, when he says the word perseverance in Hebrews 10:36, you need to persevere. You know what that Hebrew word really means? He's telling those Christians in the time of getting hit, persecution, tempted, intimidated. As many of them were being threatened with jail, with the loss of property and homes and threats to their family and loved ones. He says, but you have need of perseverance. The Hebrew word for that is hupomone. You have need of hupomone. Hupomone means a cheerful, hopeful endurance. When you endure what you're going through, which is going to ultimately build the muscle of your faith and give God glory and prove your faith genuine, we need to go through it with a cheerful attitude. Not with a, I got jalapenos up my nose attitude and I got a face like the Grim Reaper, Ike. You're letting everybody know you're going through it. it. Come on now. You know how it is with us. Come on, come on, come on. We come into the church, man, and we don't have that pep on our step. We're coming in like this. You don't say hi to nobody. All you want to do is go sit in your seat. You're going through it. 
God knows you're going through it. But he says, even when you're going through it, you need to give me glory by faith. You need to praise me in the pain. I said, you need to praise me in the pain. You need to praise me when you're going through it. You need to praise me when you don't feel like praising me. That's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. You got to praise me on the battle. Praise me on the storm because that gives me glory and that gives encouragement to your brother and sister that, man, I would never tell you're going through something. But you, you still got the joy. You still got that cheerfulness. You still got that pep in your step. When you get up there and you do worship, it's like nothing is going on. You know why? Because by faith, God's got it under control. By the time I get back home, it's going to be settled. It could be resolved. There can be a healing. There can be a breakthrough. So you know what? I'm going to hoopamone. 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 Well, testimony. Hoopamone. 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 We need a cheerful, hopeful endurance. Everything's going to be all right. God's got it worked out. Do you trust God enough? Then let us hoopamone. Cheerful, hopeful endurance. <clears throat> That's the best way to hold everything you've got. And as you hoopamone, help is on the way. Hold on. Help is on the way. Hold on. God has heard your cry. Hold on. Jesus is standing up. You know why he's standing up like he did for Stephen when he's getting stoned? The Bible says Jesus is standing up. Notice this. Listen to this. Everywhere we read in Scripture, we, we hear Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Listen up. He's sitting at the right hand of God. But when Stephen is becoming a martyr for his glory, Jesus gets up and gives him like a standing ovation. He's standing up. Welcoming him. Welcoming him home. You fought the good fight. You finished the race. Stephen, you kept the faith. Now enter into the joy of the Lord. Stephen, hoopamonade. Even when he's getting pelted with rocks, he's still praising God, and he could see Jesus stand up. He sees him when he's getting beaten, battered, pelted with rocks, man. And the Lord just took his spirit and said, Get back here. You belong here, Stephen. See, Jesus is standing up. He's saying, Everything's going to be okay. I got your back. Hold on. Angels are being dispatched. They're being sent in order to bring you aid and help. Angels are being dispatched. Hold on, because your breakthrough is just around the corner. As we all stand, lift up your hands and just begin to worship him right now. Just begin to acknowledge him and worship him. Begin to praise him. Hallelujah. I thank you, God. Right now, I praise you in what I'm going through. I praise you in what I'm experiencing. You alone know, God, what we're dealing with. You alone know, God, our struggles, our fights. You alone know, God, the battles that are behind closed doors. You alone know the struggles I'm having that you may be having with your children. You may be having them with your spouse. 
You may, have, you may be having such physical trauma, such things that are going on in your life. But I'm here to tell you, hold on, because God is going to send you help. Help is on the way. The touch of God is going to intervene and give you a breakthrough and give you a healing and give you a divine intervention, miracle-working finger of God that will come upon your life.